As long as you're recording on your end and it's not picking up me and John, then we're fine. It doesn't look like it. I mean, judging by the, 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 whatever they're called, the waveforms or whatever. The, the waveform that shows the uh, megahertz of the output of audio H ohms and uh, megahertz, megahertz tronic. I'm already regretting this. He's literally like this. <laughs> He's literally like this every week. Do I have to Snapchat this to you afterwards, or do I Instagram it? What do I do? I think you should. I think you should save it as an uncompressed uh, wave file and send that to. Cody. Yeah, send me 400 megabytes. No, well, I'll I'll do that, and then I'll put it on individual floppy disks and mail. That's right. It. Mail it to him. That's a good idea. So that you so that you have to buy a floppy disk drive just so you. The can. weird part is that you still have a floppy disk drive. Welcome to Game Life Balance US, a lifestyle podcast hosted by adults with jobs and families who are trying to figure out how to make time to have fun in the grown-up world. We like to nerd out, but we're more than just fun and games. Check out our website to connect with us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play Music, and elsewhere at GameLifeBalance.us. And if you like us, then please tell your friends to check us out. I'm C.M. Magania from the Strange and Unusual Podcast, a proud member of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Here we go. We really need to start with an air horn sound, like you know, wah, 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 wah. welcome to you know what I mean. It's like air horns. Rule. Brad might have an air horn. Brad, as many, you have an air horn with you? As many? No. <sighs> I have foam Jeff Hardy fingers, but those Is don't that, make any noise. Wah, 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 wah. Is that a euphemism? No, I literally have them that I bought it. So uh, look, let's not talk about my my foam right. fingers. So thanks right? for joining. Thanks for joining us. You have found your way to. WWE WrestleMania Raw is Life podcast, mm-hmm. uh, a podcast where people talk about the WWF. W- Am I close? E. E. The, the World Wildlife Foundation? So, Because uh, that's what I'm here so to talk I'm, about. I'm the classic uh, archetype, the fish out of water for our podcast. See, I'm going to be the guy that doesn't know anything, and then you, like, I'm going to set up for you to educate me, who is also the audience. Uh-huh. See, I am I am the representative of the audience. I am the I am Joe Everyman. That's my name. Oh, you segued into being serious. Joe Everyman. Slightly. And Joe Everyman. Okay, that's, I'm just gonna call you Joe. Sure. Well, yeah, I, I wouldn't want you to use my full name every time you address me. That would be silly. So yeah, you can call me Joe. What's your? Is, do you have a middle name? Joe. Joe. Nor- normal. Joe, Joe Normal Everyman. Joe Normal Everyman, all right. I right, right, and I'm here to represent the rest of the audience who doesn't know much about wrestling, and so you can help educate me on the W on the the WWs. <laughs> so we're just going to scrap the Final uh, Fantasy 14 podcast and just talk about pro wrestling. That's what you want to do, John? Because we'll do it. No, well, once you guys start that, I'm literally leaving. So it actually will work out totally fine for me, and I'm going to go play Final Fantasy 14. See, that's, when it works out, because if you're that's what I'm going to if do. you're Joe Everyman. They don't watch wrestling either because Joe Everyman is not a loser, and losers don't watch wrestling. They leave the room. No, J- Joe Normal Everyman goes to play Final Fantasy XIV when the adults are talking about wrestling. 
So if you guys start talking about wrestling, I'm going to go play Final Fantasy XIV. I think if we start talking about wrestling, Brad will go play Final Fantasy XIV. So what you have actually found yourself in, listener, is you have found your way to the Game Life Balance podcast, uh, the U.S. edition, actually, of the Game Life Balance podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jonathan Martin. I'm joined, as always, by my other host, Cody Goff. And with us today is a special guest to discuss... I mean, he actually probably could have helped us discuss wrestling had that been our topic, but that's not actually our topic. Our our topic today, uh, we have actually all played the same video game, so we're going to go full gamer. Full gamer. We're going to go full gamer on this episode of Game Life Balance for the first time in a while. Uh, You know, as you know, we are adults with lives, jobs. We We are all busy people. But we have kind of all fallen, at least Cody and I have just recently fallen into a video game hole of, of Final Fantasy XIV, which is an MMO that I've actually talked about on the show before. And I've always told Cody he needs to play it because he's a Final Fantasy fan. And he finally started playing it and he's kind of, he's already started, started to basically only play Final Fantasy XIV, which is the danger with MMOs. But we have a friend and that's Brad. Uh, Brad Rockwell, who's here with us on the podcast today, and he is far more experienced with Final Fantasy XIV than either Cody or I. As I started playing only a few months ago, Cody literally started playing this month. Brad, how long have you been playing Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, well, first of all, hello, and thanks for being on. Um, I've been playing since uh, launch of um, 2.0, which probably needs some explanation, but... That equates to roughly three years of total play. Not three years of total playtime, but three years of playing the game regularly. Oh, okay. So, and and right now they, I think they just did patch three point three. Is that three. right? Yes, so, three point three. Yeah, yes. and so there've there've been quite a there's been quite a bit of content since the the patch in which you started. How how many hours a week would you say you play Final Fantasy fourteen? <sighs> wow, uh, it depends. Um, but usually I would say a week, gosh, I would play probably at minimum 40 hours a week. Okay. Wow. So we're looking, we're looking at, at, uh, at an MMO, right? So for the, for the listener, we're, we're going to be talking to, we're, you know, we're kind of talking in layman's terms here, but, but Final Fantasy fourteen is a game that is, it's basically a, a world that you enter with a character and you, you team up with other people in this world to accomplish various goals. Uh, it, it's called MMO because it's it's a massively multiplayer online game. It is very much in the vein of WoW, uh, which is World of Warcraft. It's probably the biggest comparison that you could make, right? Uh, in terms of describing what this game would be, right? And generally, with with massively multiplayer online role playing games, it is easy and common for people that get very involved with them to have that be oftentimes one of the only video games that they played. I have a very strong history with World of Warcraft. I, I mean, I, I like I did not play other video games other than World of Warcraft for probably three years of my life. It was literally the only game that I played. Yes. In, in fact, uh, the previous MMO made by this company, Square Enix, uh, you know, that they, they make Final Fantasy XIV, but they also made a previous MMO, uh, Final Fantasy XI. And before you even logged onto the game and entered the, the world, uh, they had a disclaimer that you would have to agree to that that said something along the lines of do not uh 
you know, you have duties in real life. Do not neglect them. You do not le- neglect your friends, your job, your school, your family. Basically, go outside once in a while. Wow. And you had to actually agree to that sort of disclaimer before they let you log on to the game. And for whatever reason, they, they've done away with that. Uh, now they don't care. In this now game, they just want. Now, they, yeah, don't now they don't care anymore. Now they just want you in the game. So basically, what we're saying is these are games that it is it is easy to get very involved with them. There's a lot of time sync mechanics in them generally, and so you can spend a very large amount of time with them. This game is no different. It very much is in the same style as the other MMOs that are out there. Um, it has it's had kind of an interesting history, and that's actually one of the reasons we have Brad on is because he kind of lived through the original history of the game and knows quite a bit about it. So Brad, I just kind of want you to talk about like, where did this game come from? Cause it didn't start off as this final fantasy 14 or realm reborn, right? No. So, um, it did not. It was initially created as sort of the spiritual successor to the game. I just mentioned final fantasy 11, which was the first MMO made, uh, under the final fantasy brand. And the creator uh, and chief designer, I suppose, of Final Fantasy XI um, was chose, chosen to create and design a new MMO, Final Fantasy XIV. And if you know anything about Final Fantasy XI, which probably I'm just going to assume you don't, is that it is a more hardcore style of MMO than WoW or... Um, what Final Fantasy XIV is, um, because there's sort of two generations of MMOs, I guess. There's the the older MMOs, sort of uh, in the vein of EverQuest, and that that's the big one. So I'll just I'll just leave it at that. Where, like you mentioned before, they're very these MMOs are very a lot of time sleep mechanics, very grindy, very time consuming. But the MMOs as they were first envisioned are way way more so. Whereas, you know, nowadays you have some kind of teleportation mechanic, say, to teleport you between point A and B. In Final Fantasy XI, you would literally have to walk from point A to point B, and that could take three real-life hours. So even just walking was, yes, even just walking was literally a chore. Yeah, so, in, those, in those old MMOs you're talking about, I'll just interject something real quick, because I, play, I right. played a lot of EverQuest. There, there, yeah, okay. there was there was an opacity to the game where basically nothing was spelled out to you in order to do, in order to do anything in these old MMOs, you had to either, either you had to do a ridiculous amount of exploration on your own in the game. And it was, it was incredibly obtuse as to what you were supposed to do for whatever quests you were possibly finding, or you had to go online to some sort of database. You basically had to go outside of the game to get information and yes. once World of Warcraft came around, it kind of flipped the whole thing on its head and said, "No, this is dumb. Like we're gonna make we're gonna make an accessible MMO." And basically, every MMO since then has been in that vein of an accessible Followed MMO. Followed that, yes, for the most part, yes. So back to the original point that they wanted to create a more successful MMO um, after Final Fantasy XI, but they made a large mistake in choosing a game designer that was still very much in love with the old style work for everything type of MMO and they they decided to sort of make a compromise between the two or at least attempt to so they would still they would take things from Final Fantasy 11 that they thought worked and sort of modernize them um 
by basically taking aspects from World of Warcraft and mixing them in to try create somewhat of like a hybrid go-between game that would still give veterans of EverQuest and Final Fantasy XI um, the same kind of feeling, but while also being a little bit more accessible to the casual fan. And they failed miserably because in sort of trying to mix the two styles of a modern MMO and a, uh, I don't want to say ancient MMO, but a first generation MMO, it just, it didn't work. I also, I also, I, uh, I did a lot of reading on Wikipedia today, which is our source for gaming news. And uh, apparently the graphics were a huge issue with the first one. Right. So yes, the, the graphics, like any, if, if, like any Square game, they're very focused on graphics. That's one of their their hallmarks. They have amazing graphics and amazing uh, amazing CGI, and they attempted to do the same kind of thing in um, Final Fantasy XIV. What's called 1.0. So they attempted to make the the just it's a hugely detailed and immersive world, and. What ended up happening is most of the high-end gaming computers at the time couldn't run it consistently. I don't, I don't have any numbers, but you always hear these these stories like, yeah, you know, I built a four thousand dollar gaming computer, and you know, I could run Crisis, which is you know one of the, the benchmark games, but I I couldn't run this game for anything. It just it was it was awfully awfully optimized, and there's a, a story that the uh, new developer of the game often tells about those times where the uh, there's a flower pot. They, this, I guess the way the story goes is uh, one of the designers was given a job to create um, just some, you know, some pretty stuff, create a flower pot. And he didn't really have any other responsibilities for developing the game, so he put his full force into it, and he came up with this flower the pot. the best damn flower and pot. The flower, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he went, went all out, and the flower pot ended up containing more polygons and textures in that one flower pot than the entire Final Fantasy XIV re-release had <laughs> in the entire game. So the one flower pot was harder to render than the entire game what? is now. <laughs> and that's, that's, and it's, yes, so it, so no computer can run it. It, it, just, it couldn't run, and there, there was, it was, not only was it a chore to just, you know, attempt to to run, but it was a chore to play because of a number of other reasons. But um, it was not good. It was, in, in fact, it it was it was like really not. No, good. they they they. It was very it was very slow, um, and there was a lot of design design decisions that were just awful. Um, one of them was experience. The experience points that you can earn to level up and make your character stronger was capped per week or per what? day it, it, it was it was capped so like you know now you can just you can if, if you have time you can just keep going and going and going but for some reason they decided they wanted to make this system where let's say you choose the 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 the, the archer class that they capped it so that you could only get a certain amount of experience points per week or day whatever it was on archer and then you had to wait for it to reset so you can then level some more which for a game like an mmo where you want immersion you want people to keep coming back to your game to make it so that you can't 
play anymore just is completely <laughs> ridiculous. And it, you know, like, wh- why would you do that? Like, it's, it's sort of like, I, I, I don't know, like, buying a ticket to a baseball game and being told, oh, well, we're only going to show the first three innings and then everybody's going to go home. <laughs> you have to come back tomorrow for the next time. Tomorrow, you have to come back tomorrow. And then we're going to only show three innings and then you have to come back Saturday for the final three innings. Uh, so there you go. So generally, generally, <sighs> the original in, in, uh, incarnation of this game was, it is now generally accepted as one of the big, most like colossal failures in a huge budget release that yes, has yes, pretty so much it, ever happened, right? I don't know about ever happened, but pretty much, right. I would say. I, certainly um, in the MMO sphere, I would say. As I'm sure they, I'm sure they spent a lot of money because it, of trying to develop it because... I remember seeing all the commercials, and I remember all the hype behind it. And I mean, it's Square, so I can't imagine they would wouldn't pay big money for a Final Fantasy title. Yeah, right. Um, and now it was it was so bad that it, it existed for two years in its original form, right? Right. And it was it was so bad that the the developer, the initial developer, and I'm pretty sure most of uh, that development team was was fired. And so most MMOs, when they fail this spectacularly, what happens is, so this MMO is, is a subscription-based MMO. You pay a monthly fee for access to the game. And those in these days generally don't tend to survive. Most of them end up going free-to-play, especially when they fail, because people aren't going to pay to play an awful game. Um, so they had to make a decision. You know, it, it failed so bad what do we do? Do we go free to play? Do we do we just just shut it down and just consider this a, just a gigantic loss? Um, and somewhere along the line, they decided that they were going to shut it down, but they weren't going to shut it down forever. They were basically going to reset the whole thing, shut down the servers, and get a new development team in and develop it the game again from the ground up, but this time do it better and do it correctly. So they decided they were going to basically remake the game. Yes, this. But they, the way they decided to remake it was very unique. Um, they, they were going to... How do I explain this? They decided that they weren't going to shut it down for a period of time while they got, I guess, the development you know, going from you know, whatever they have to start, start it from. Um, and they hired, actually, you know, I believe initially they decided they were going to try and save the game and it wasn't until that attempt at saving it wasn't working as well that they decided to shut it all down and remake it. But they hired a, a new developer and a new development team. And there were a couple of patches where he attempted to make things better by introducing new types of content, by changing the mechanics of the game slightly by just developing it just a little bit better with with the idea that by listening to fan feedback and be like okay we know it doesn't work let's try and change some things but they decided to do a cool thing story-wise and that's they decided to set up a story event in the game where there was going to be this cataclysmic event that would occur in game according to the story and the it would coincide the the this huge event would coincide with the actual shutdown of yeah, the this servers. This is my favorite part of 
the entire development story because this is what you told me about initially that I thought was super interesting about how you just like rip it off, but they they have this in game thing that's really awesome. Right. So they they take a lot of ideas from other Final Fantasy games, and the main idea they had is that they would um they would have their their big bad guy um he would he would uh, get a hold of this technology that's able to basically cast meteor and what it does is it takes a, the one of the moons of this this fictional planet and it brings it crashing down in an attempt to destroy the entire world and the impact of the meteor on the on the planet coincided with them physically shutting down the servers in real life so if you were playing the game at those last moments you would see the meteor like the last couple of months they added patches and every patch they added the meteor would get closer and get bigger and there'd be a little bit more story about why this is happening and it coincided in this this large epic battle between the 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 bad guys and the the good guys and um and, and you know the, the the players that are playing this they didn't actually get to take place in the battle uh, it was simply a cutscene that they watched as the servers were going down. They showed this giant cutscene, which is actually the intro scene for the re-release. Okay, they yeah, yeah. Of, they they tell you, um, but it was also cool in game because you know the last couple of weeks the developers sort of said, "Well, we're going to start doing some crazy things." So what happened is you know this giant moon is coming crashing down, and all the the all of the world, Hydaelyn, uh, I believe, is is going into chaos. And um, so what the developers did is they decided to start just releasing monsters in the town <laughs> and the, the, the players would have to fight them off. And, you know, all this crazy stuff is happening. They basically started just breaking the rules of the game. Just why, why not? All this crazy stuff is happening. And then the, the developers actually um, behind the scenes took control of these monsters and fought against the the players that were actually playing in the game and there was there was there's this epic story about the uh the devs take control of all these monsters and they're 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 coming up to invade one of the cities i don't know which one and uh the players organized this big defense where they all got on the same uh like the same mount in game and they all mounted up and they all stood and made this huge wall of players to defend against the the invading monsters which were being controlled by the developers and it was just this really cool thing and then you know everybody gets to hang out while the the cataclysmic event happens and the meteor comes crashing down and then they get this amazing cutscene where i mean i guess it's not really spoilers because they, they literally tells you in the beginning of the re-release that this happens but what happens is up until then they thought it was just a moon that it was just a moon falling down a, a physical piece of rock i guess but in the cutscene that was shown to the, the the players when the servers were shutting down, it turns out that it's you know that's that's no moon. It's it's not just a moon. What it actually is is um, an ancient prison that is holding captive uh, a giant dragon of destruction. Bahamut. And so Bahamut, yes. And the moon gets close and it starts breaking up and Bahamut emerges and does his fire breath and destroys all of Eorzea and the player. I mean, it was just one of those moments that I, I, I hear was just amazing because everyone's sad. Everyone's like, Oh, it's the end of an, you know, the end of an era. Final fantasy 14 is, 
over, you know, at least the current incarnation of it. And oh, it's going to be so sad when this meteor falls to the ground and then it's not a meteor and it it just hyped everyone, everyone up for what it what the next part of the story was. It was sort of like a, a huge cliffhanger, like they thought it was going to be this solemn kind of sad event. But it ended up being this incredible lore moment where now now they're really excited about the direction that the game is going to go in it's, instead of... Yeah, it's their, new, it's their new jumping off point. Yeah, and I remember I was at E3, it must have been 2012 or 2013, right around the time they released The Realm Reborn and it was in development. And of all the lines at E3, I mean, you could, you could play the PlayStation 4 for the first time ever, the Xbox One for the first time ever, with about a half hour wait. The Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn lines were three to four hours long, the entire time I was there, I could I, I, I could go near it, and I'm like, well, apparently people are excited about this, so they did a good job with the hype machine because it, it was it was literally the longest lines of the entire show, and this was the year before Xbox One and PS4 came out. So again, like your first chance to get your hands on a next gen piece of hardware, and all people cared about it seemed were Final Fantasy XIV. So uh, I I kind of wish I would have known that all of this was going on and then and you knew about this because and you said you started playing the realm reborn on day one when it came out yes yes uh, uh on re-release um because I, I i didn't uh i wasn't a fan of final fantasy 14 like i never tried it and i looked at it and i was like well i already played final fantasy 11 because that was my main mmo and it seemed similar but different enough that well, why do i need another mmo that's basically the same thing so I just wasn't interested. So I never moved. I never switched. And um, it wasn't until, um, you know, they decided to remake the game. And I started hearing all the things about it that made me decide to to try it. And, you know, I'm really glad I did because it's it's, it's amazing. So Do you like it more than 11? <sighs> it's, it's yes and no. I mean, it's such a different thing, right? Well, and it's also Final Fantasy XI was my first MMO, so it's sort of like your first, like, Final Fantasy XIV is a better game, and it's more polished, but Final Fantasy XI, it'll never make me feel the same way that Final Fantasy XI did. Just the nostalgia for that game is just way too strong, because, you know, like the first time in, in, I don't know, it's just your first MMO, so it's just like the first time you you eat ice no, cream or something no, sometimes i'm i'm yeah. playing uh sometimes i'm playing on a team with john in final fantasy 14 and he accidentally calls me the name of his old wow guild members and it really it's hurtful mm -hmm. it's awkward to everybody yeah. actually how how are you so why are you so familiar with his ex wow well because it's because members. i call him my mm -hmm. ex wow guild members i i can feel i can c completely commiserate with that because while World of Warcraft was basically my first MMO. I mean, I, I actually did play a lot of EverQuest, but it, I was it was not it it was not a, like I did not take part in the social aspect of the MMO thing. World of Warcraft was my very first like very social uh, introduction to the MMO, and around the second expansion, you know, I was leading raids for my guild. Uh, I was like the main tank for our guild and it was okay. And it was, I like, I legitimately feel like I made real friends. I mean, there's somebody that we've met outside of, outside of the game who lives in Ohio multiple, t right. multiple times. Um, like there was just this sense of community. And I, I'm assuming that's probably kind of what you had with, with FF 11. 
Because that's what I remember. Like, I don't necessarily... Re- I remember, like, I remember the big things that happened in the game of me playing World of Warcraft, but only in the context of with other people. Like, ra- raiding with other people. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't so much raid in Final... Because raiding in Final Fantasy XI was a little bit different. I never got into that. That was... Because Final Fantasy XI was so much work that I never got really that into Endgame and the actual raiding. There, there were raids along the way. It was just, it just it, you know, but you're right. I mean, with the, the uh, social aspect of it. But I, I probably have more social interaction in Final Fantasy XIV, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay. So, I mean, um, we, can, so we can probably I, talk I, about Final Fantasy XIV now, because we've kind of been introing it for, right, for, for right. a while. But there's at least five hours or so there, by now. There's a reason... Trust me, anytime I'm with Cody, it generally feels that way. When you're not calling me Vato. There's a reason. Burn. It's, it's, it's Vato. And, and El Vato ruled. You can never live up to him. You love the Vato. Dude, Vato was awesome. So, um, he, he was a hunter. He was, uh, he was hilarious. I know, I've heard awesome. all about him. All the time. Yeah, El Vato ruled. Um, okay, so Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the, I was thinking about how I kind of wanted to how I personally kind of wanted to talk about this game. And, you know, we've talked about these other MMOs that exist. And I was thinking about how, in, I think in order for an MMO to succeed in today's world, because World of Warcraft exists. It is hands down the number one MMO. It has always been, it most likely will always be the most successful that ever existed. And I mean, until we get into like crazy virtual reality stuff that might happen later on in life. But regardless, like in order to exist in this space for any other games, they have to have some kind of hook and that hook has to be good. And I was trying to think, and I was thinking, you know, what is final fantasy 14's hook? And because the game does a lot of very traditional MMO type things. It's, I mean, it's a a world of Warcraft clone. Very much so. Basically. Yeah, basically in that, like there are quest givers, they have exclamation points above their head. You get quests by talking to them. They give you objectives. They'll tell you where to go for the objectives. You go do the objectives. You get a reward. It's sort of like the carrot on the stick model where they give you just enough to keep going for and rewards just quick enough that you don't feel like you're really, like you might feel like you're working towards something and that you're rewarded, but you don't feel frustrated for the most part. You're given just enough rewards to keep going and keep going and keep going. And generally, that's that's the same way that World of Warcraft works. I mean, it like Brad right. said, it's it's pretty much a World of Warcraft clone. So, what is kind of the hook, right? That then makes Final Fantasy XIV worth playing, and what it is is that you are not committed to a single class by the character that you pick. And I think that that is the biggest unique differentiator of this game than any other MMO that I've played or read about. And basically the way that this works in this game is that you, your class is determined solely by the weapon that you equip on your character. Yes. And so what that, so what that means is that in the game, there are, there are battle classes, which are there to fight stuff. There are harvesting classes, which are there to harvest stuff. And then there are uh, crafting classes, which are there to craft stuff. And there's probably 20-ish different classes. I don't know the exact number. I would... Yeah. Is it about 20? I mean, I can see the class screen in my mind. It's like uh, it's like 20. It's, it's a, it's a it lot, is. yeah. It, I mean, I mean there's, there's, there's probably... There's, I believe 
there's roughly an equal number of crafting and gathering classes as there are battle classes. Yeah, there's, it's like 20 to 25, somewhere in that range. That's yes. how many classes there are. Each one of these classes has its own individual experience bar. That levels and it's each it's individual story as well, right? Right, and we'll talk about story in a bit because right, that's that, a, yeah, right. that's something that needs its own period of time. But you know, each each class has a full sixty levels worth of content and experience to progress through, and you yes. do that on an individual basis, and you can switch at any time that you want, uh, provided you're not like in a dungeon or something. So. Um, if at one point I'm, you know, I'm playing my scholar, which is a, a healing class in the game, and I say, you know, I'm kind of tired of healing for a while. I think I want to go do uh, do some tanking in a dungeon. If I've got a tank class that's up to a certain level, I just equip a new set of gear. You can save sets of gear to very, very yes, quickly. Very streamlined. You just, you just, once you save that particular gear set, you just you click a button and you just you transform right into that class and you can just and you can go at do it. Do whatever that class does that you want to do. So the fact that you can the fact that you really you only really need one character, right? You no, only need to make one character ever in this game because that one character Yeah, yes. Un- unless you I know uh end game crafting, um you get into specializations where you can only have three specializations. Um, and so if you want to, if you're really, really into crafting, then people will make alternate characters just to level alternate crafting classes. But generally, generally speaking. But, but, but yes, 99% of the time, there's no reason to make another character. Which is, which is really cool. It's really cool that you don't have to start from... Technically, you have to start from scratch when you change the class for the first time. But if you ever want to go back to that class, you just... Your character can just be and all the, the neat. The neat thing is, you also get uh, for your second class. Maybe it's it's every class after your first class that you level. You get an experience bonus when you're leveling new classes. So it doesn't take theoretically, it shouldn't take as long to level that second class as it does your first class. Although there's a trade off because you get quest experience when you're leveling that first class that you won't get the second time, but you get. 50%, 100% experience bonus or something like that for for leveling a second class or a third class or whatever. Um, Basically, you're not married to the yeah. initial decision you make at the start of the game, which apparently is a big deal. Uh, oh, you're not I, even married to your your um, appearance either. You're given, a, you're given a free potion that you can use, and you can also purchase potions for a small amount of real-life money that will let you change your appearance and your race and you can even change your name if you want to wait really that's amazing yes for a lot a lot of that you have to pay you know a small i think the name changes a dollar per name change and the the uh, the appearance change is like two dollars but i mean if you're really that unhappy looking at your your elf or whatever you can change into the cat race if you want. So you can change. You're not going to change into the, the Lalafell race because <laughs> nobody likes Lalafells. But um, yeah, I mean, if, if you you can change gender, you can change anything you want. So you can become a totally different character if you want and not have to sacrifice and not have to sacrifice the time that it took you to level up that character. You just get to keep all that experience. Very progressive game. Transgender characters. You can switch easily. I think you have to roleplay that. I don't think they actually have. Oh, well, still the actual option. Well, my my point of view, to, because we've talked about both of your histories with MMOs, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that this is my first MMO 
barring a five-day free trial of World of Warcraft, that I did not like. It was a brief tryst into World of Warcraft. I played World of Warcraft for 30 days back during Burning Crusade, and I didn't like it either. Yeah, but it, it isn't that strange that, that Final Fantasy XIV, because, uh, uh, right, John has mentioned, yeah, some of the perks are, are the class change stuff, which I haven't really gotten to yet, and I didn't know about it initially, um, and, and some of the flexibility and things like that, and I haven't even really gotten into the story yet. So it is interesting to me, why was I pulled into Final Fantasy XIV so quickly when I, I literally, I remember a couple days of, wow, I would even log on with Logan, our friend, or with John, and just kind of be like, I don't know, I, maybe it was overhyped at the time? Is it? Is it perhaps, because this is sort of what drew me into Final Fantasy XIV, and this might be transitioning before we want to transition, but I, I don't care. Um, uh, what drew me in, as opposed to WoW, is that this, this is a Final Fantasy game, and I love Final Fantasy, and it feels like a Final Fantasy game. The atmosphere is very Final Fantasy-like. You have chocobos running around, you have moogles, you have Final Fantasy stuff, whereas in WoW, it's WoW lore, and I don't really care about the lore of World of Warcraft. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, I, I played a lot of Warcraft too with John growing up. Uh, we were always on the same team when we played multiplayer, and that always ended really well for John every time. Because I would never get to the very end of the game, invade his base, and then turn off the alliance. So that was just that's probably why he likes Vado better, right? You're an awful person. Vado never would have done that, but but I, I you know I was familiar with it. Um, uh, I get what you're saying though, and I think uh, I think it was funny because even like ten minutes ago when John started talking about you know what is the hook, my mind jumped to Final Fantasy as a brand. It, I think is the hook that 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 initially gets you, and I think that maybe some of that class stuff is what really draws you in further it's more the bait than the hook if you will if i'm using my fisherman class skills correctly see i I think i was referring more to the idea that like a a a naive person to final fantasy in general would come into this and say like what makes this game special compared to another mmo that that was that was one of the the chief um marketing points for the re-release that you can change classes on the fly um, it might even be prominent on the, the box, and I'm gonna physical copy and find that real quick. But I I agree. The Final Fantasy the Final Fantasy world is very Final Fantasy. It's got you know it's got a lot of sci-fi elements to it, like most Final Fantasies do now. Um, and then it's also got your fantastical, regular fantasy stuff, high fantasy stuff. So it's yeah, I mean it's got a lot of humor in there too. It's written very well. Um, and that's the other thing that I really wanted to talk about was one of the one of the other things I noticed, because really my only other true experience getting into an MMO was was World of Warcraft. Um, you know, the story exists in World of Warcraft, but but it's there to it's there to engage with if you want to as a player. You don't have to do it. So you can basically not read anything and just continue to progress through the game and and once you hit like the level threshold to move on to the next area, you don't even have to complete the story within the area that you're in. You can then just move on to the next area. So the story is there if you want to absorb it. If you don't, you can just play the game. Final fin- And you're directly involved in the story. You're the, the hero. And what I've heard about WoW is even, even if you do pay attention to the story, it seems like there's a lot of NPCs doing a lot of things and you're sort of just in the periphery. I mean, you're still a pretty big 
part in in the WoW story. But again, like you can totally ignore it if you want. Whereas in Final Fantasy yeah. fourteen, you are okay. I, I see your point. You are required. Like if you want to progress through the game and see all of the content that is there to see, you are required to play through the main story of the game, which I just finished. I just finished actually. Um, of the of the base game, not of the expansion. The base, the base game. Yeah. You haven't done the the hours upon hours of questing to get into the expansion content. Not yet. I've kind of just started no. that, but I'm I'm yeah. messing around with other classes right now. But right. But you know, the fact that that story is required, the fact that you know there are dungeons in the game, and that's that's very standard for MMOs now to have instanced dungeons, which allow you to just go in with a party of people into into a dungeon and and go through the dungeon and kill stuff and bosses. Um, those are locked. Those are gated behind the story. You cannot unlock certain dungeons until you progress the main story. And the main story is really good. And yeah. And I was just very impressed and surprised, like pleasantly surprised that this MMO had such an interesting story and it had one that it made me do and that I wanted to do, that I wanted to continue. I mean, it wasn't without its issues, but like generally it was a super pleasant surprise and differentiator between this game and world of warcraft it is a final fantasy game i mean the final fantasy games are known for good good stories and and actually earlier when brad was talking about why they relaunched this game part of the reason they put so much time and energy into relaunching it when they were deciding from what i've read today basically uh, when they were deciding whether to relaunch it or what to do with it when, when they did it is because that they thought the final fantasy brand itself had actually been damaged badly by this initial release because it was so widely panned uh, no final fantasy game has ever received as poorly as the original final fantasy 14 release so when they went for it they knew they had to do it right and they put a lot of time and effort into it to make sure that it would relaunch because they needed to fix the brand and they, they were actually almost as worried about brand damage as monetary damage uh, because it's it, yeah it's just i mean it's one of the greatest video game franchises there is basically you can even tell as you're playing the game and as you're playing through the story how much care the developers took to really to really um make the story and the experience something that enjoyable that's something that's enjoyable and that you want to do they they put a lot of, of passion into a lot of the cutscenes and a lot of the the characterization and they they borrowed a lot of things from other Final Fantasies um, and were able to incorporate it in various ways that makes a fan of Final Fantasy go, wow, look, there's Magitech armor. That's so cool. I remember that from Final Fantasy VI, but they do it in a way that doesn't make you go, oh, that's cool, but it's out of place. It's completely, it seems completely organic uh, as it pertains to like the world and the story. So, you know, and, and, and like John was saying, I think, pretty sure John is the one that said this, that there's, there's a lot of humor in the game and there's a lot of things like, it, it just the quest names where you read it. There's, they, they love their puns. Oh, it's so <laughs> many puns. English version. It's so like, many like, puns. like there's, there's one of my favorites is, is uh, a quest called Ifrit Bleeds, We Can Kill It. Oh my God. If, if, Ifrit, Ifrit Bleeds. We can then we can kill it and, and then like you know there's just constant stuff like that. There's there's these these open world like mini events called called fates and they all are named and 
a lot of them are like my favorite one is probably one it's the fate is literally called it's not lupus and you fight a boss a big crab boss that's named cancer so like it's not lupus but it's cancer but the it's like a house reference Wow, there's yeah, you know, there's some good ones. I noticed a cutscene where where there's a they were flashing back to the big cataclysmic battle at the end of the original Final Fantasy fourteen, and one of he loses communication over a headset with one of his teammates, and and his name is Gray yes. Snake, and he's like Gray Snake, Gray Snake. I actually because I just I started a, a character on um, the server you two play on last night, and I got to that scene, and I instantly thought like. <laughs> They had to, like, you have to notice that reference, you know? Like, yeah, Metal Gear, a Metal Gear <laughs> reference thrown into a massively multiplayer online. There's actually, uh, and there, there's even there's even fates in um, one of the new zones for the expansion that makes reference to Metal Gear, uh, what was the, the one with, with Raiden and the... the, the Revengeance? The, yes, yes, yes. There's a series of fates that make reference to that and to... The Metal Gear games as a whole, and it's just it's it's things like that that you know that, that really make the game that much more enjoyable. Where where it's not just you, you can tell that they didn't just go oh well whatever let's just slap this thing here on the map and just ah, who cares like they'll they'll do it or they won't who cares they actually took time to to make it funny or make it memorable yeah and the, and and even even those 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 small mini open world events all have a story. They all have a paragraph or two of flavor text that you can read. And so they took the trouble to, to, to write all of that up too. And it just did. So Cody, you said this is your first MMO. What has you hooked? Why did this one hook you? So again, some of what we talked about with the, well, first of all, the fact that you're playing is cool. And the fact that Brad is playing is cool. So I, you know, and, and the fact that it's a final fantasy game I think that most Final Fantasy fans want to be able to say I've played every Final Fantasy game and it's always felt like like a big hole in my Final Fantasy repertoire for whatever reason that I've never played 11 or 14. So I guess that that's part of it. But um <clears throat> I keep hearing how good the story is, mostly from you. And I've read online that the story is amazing, and all these people are saying the story is so good. I'm two beats into the story. I'm basically, oh, there's some vague threat somewhere. Go to these two cities and tell people maybe we should, I don't know, hang out. That's it. I'm, I'm not even, I'm just past level 20. The level cap is 60, but for those not in, you know, is familiar with MMOs, the, I mean, the, the curve it steepens substantially, you know, to get from level one to two takes about three enemies to get from two to three takes a lot more than that. So by the time you're in the higher levels, it takes a really long time to get to another level. Right. I think pretty much. So, yeah. So, um, I just keep hearing about the story and how good it is. And the reason I keep playing it is because there's, it's such a, it's such a little, little, crack pipe you know that you're always getting these little rewards and there's always victory music my girlfriend has asked me three times oh did you beat the game because the victor because every time you level up or you complete a quest there's this this you know it's it's not just the feeling of oh cool i got 100 experience points for this or oh cool this guy just gave me a reward for this it's that plus this 
amazing fanfare that is the blasts and and the entire experience just gives you this kind of immediate reward constantly um and there's just so much to do i don't know i, I mean i mean i just spent 250 hours uh 100 percenting metal gear solid 5 so i can be a little obsessive about getting all of stuff and the fact that there is so much to collect and do in Final Fantasy fourteen, I don't know. And I also don't feel tied down to the classes. You know, I've never experienced an MMO where that would have been a problem, so I, I can't speak to the contrast, but I think it's nice. I like the idea. I've got four or five classes I'm running right now, so I'm just switching jobs randomly, attacking some guys, switching jobs again, attacking some guys. And and I don't know. I, I'm really liking that. And the music is so good. Yeah, I wanted to I wanted to mention that kind of before we before we wrapped up. So, what are you going to say about the music? It's awesome, and and Nobuo Uematsu, who composed most of the Final Fantasy series, did the original hundred or so tracks for Final Fantasy fourteen. But then when they relaunched it, they actually hired a different composer. Yes, he's amazing. Yeah, Taka Michinoku. Uh, you may know him as a former WWF light heavyweight champion. Ah. <sighs> Uh, you can just edit that part out, right? So, so the the great thing about the the great thing about the music is that it harkens back to most of, most of it is homage to other themes that you have heard if you if you have played other Final Fantasy games, which is really nice. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of similarities, a lot of the same hooks in the music. The, there are like little things like I noticed this the other day. Because I got my, uh, you know, you get a chocobo mount at one point in the game because of course you do. And it's got music when you mount the chocobo. Yes, like, all, all the mounts have. Every mount has its own unique music, right? Wow. Uh, not every mount. There, there's, there's, a, there's the chocobo mount music. There's a, a general non-chocobo like traveling music. And then I've also got a fat chocobo that has its own music. Mm, yes. And then, there, and then there are specific mounts like that, that have um, music like you get eventually you get a magitech armor mount and that plays terra's theme from like the the, the open world theme from final fantasy 6 like a remix of it yeah yeah and, and it's and, and it's sweet so the so the music is right absolutely awesome there's a lot of the the i suppose the new compositions that don't really have any kind of relation to old final fantasy songs um, are also really, really excellent. Um, you know, so much so that you know, most of the time when I play, when I would play, you know, previous MMOs or even even games like I don't know, like Civ Five or something like that, I just I turn off the the, the game music. I don't need it. You know, it's not it doesn't not really giving me anything that I haven't already heard. And but with this game, I find very much that I will turn up the music or I'll do uh, I'll queue up for a specific fight just because the music is so awesome and instead of just instead of just listening to it on YouTube I might as well go fight the thing too right. so um and a lot of the 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 music for the the battles really heighten the excitement and the 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 feelings that you're um you're experiencing during the fight um like there's there there's the the I guess the the theme of a realm reborn it's called answers and which is excellent by the way but um the final boss of the 
of a realm reborn. It's not the realm reborn story. It's the final raid boss of a realm reborn. And I'm not gonna, you know, say what it is. But halfway through the fight, you know, it's just, it's just this it's it's this awesome theme. But then halfway through the fight, you start hearing this singing, and it it harkens back to the opening cutscene of the entire game. And it's just it's this, it hits you with this feeling that's just like wow, like I've never had a game really ever evoke these kinds of feelings in me just by you know just just from a musical cue or something like that yeah it's one of the i mean i i'm already listening to the soundtrack at work all the time on youtube and i just started playing it a couple weeks ago not even a week ago is it it's been very fresh but yeah the one so one more thing before we before we finish up here um that i think it would be unfair to to not say is that i i do find a lot of there are systems upon systems upon systems in this game, many of which, if up until this latest patch, many of which you weren't even aware that you could unlock. They just recently implemented a new, a new um, quest marker in the game. Originally, yeah. all of the quests were exclamation points, just the same exclamation point. They have since made quests with exclamation points with pluses on them and shaded blue. And those indicate quests that will unlock a new system or a new ability. And that has been very helpful to me as somebody who's playing the game for the first time and experiencing stuff for the first time. But there is missable stuff. It's not missable permanently, but there is... Like, there's a challenge log that you can unlock at level 15. And the challenge log is a weekly thing that lets you um, complete certain tasks per week for extra experience and money. I was level 45 before I read about it on the wiki and then went and unlocked it because there was no indicator that this one random quest that looked the same as all other quests would right. unlock this thing. Now, like I said, since then they have they have changed that to make blue blue quests mean, hey, this is actually like for something permanent, so unlock this um, yeah. and do this quest. So that was good. But that is something that, like I said, there's... There is some stuff that is not explained to you. And also, like I said, there's many, many systems. It is a it is a relatively complicated game. I am an original WoW player. To play your class well in this game, it is much more difficult. Uh, yes. There are many more cooldowns that you have to be aware of when you're playing your class. There are many more abilities to use. There are cross-class abilities uh, that allow you to use uh, abilities from other classes, depending on the class that, you're, that you are. Um, and those are generally necessary to play your class at the highest level. So it is a more, it is a more complicated game to play than World of Warcraft is. And yet, Square Enix somehow developed an effective way to actually play this with a controller. Yes, that's actually something I sort of wanted to talk about because you can because it is it's uh, it's not just a PC game. You can play it on PlayStation Four and on PlayStation Three, which is actually probably one of the reasons why it's been as successful as it has because you don't have to have a good PC, and that was one of the downfalls of the original release is even great PCs couldn't play it. But now you can play it on PS... Well, sort of you can play it on PS3. That's a different <laughs> argument. But if you have if a PlayStation, you can, you, can just, you can buy the game and you can play it, and it works perfectly well with a controller. It functions differently. I mean, I would probably never play an MMO, especially like John's saying, an MMO with so many cooldowns and abilities and buttons. You know, I can't live without my gaming MMO mouse. I just can't do it. But I could probably learn how to play on a controller. And 
there's there's never a time where I'm I'm you know doing a dungeon with somebody or doing a battle with somebody where I've thought you know I bet they use a controller. You know, it's, it's 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 completely um, it, it's same level of performance as you would on a keyboard or mouse and and you know you can fully customizable i'm pretty sure you can customize any of the keybinds you can do whatever you want you can set up things um how you see fit yeah i'm happy with it i sit on my couch and play it i don't uh, i have not used a keyboard once except to whisper uh sweet nothings to both of your characters and type you in the friends list search pretty much that's the that's the only downfall of the controller cuz there is a a on-screen software keyboard, I believe, at least for PlayStation. I don't know about PC because I've never used the controller, but the typing is... That's that's really the only time you can tell if somebody's using a controller is when they're having problems typing or they say, can't type really well or something like that, you know, because it's it's like using a, you know, one of the, you know, old-style cell phone where it's not a smartphone. You have to press things a million times and scroll around for it and didn't sony or microsoft introduce a con- like a literal keyboard controller where there was a little keyboard kind of in the middle of the two handles a few years ago i thought that was a thing briefly and i think microsoft has one. yeah of those. i think xbox might have and microsoft well they re- well square enix recently announced that final fantasy 14 a realm reborn will be coming to xbox one and the issue, did they actually announce that for sure? Yeah, they, they're gonna. They, uh, they. I believe they did. Uh, coming in October when they announced the uh, 4.0, I guess. Okay. They're going to announce it at a fan convention later this year. I believe in October. Yeah, October because it's coming. Yeah, that sounds about. That sounds about right. Yeah, after Final Fantasy 15 is released in September. I remember that specifically. So Final Fantasy 14, they're going to announce at this fan convention, and I, I'm pretty sure Microsoft because Microsoft's new thing in E3 was no no player left behind or whatever it was because and, and they want more cross platform compatibility. The reason they didn't originally develop it for Xbox was because they had issues with Xbox Live, which is Microsoft's online service, yes, allowing yes. them cross-platform play. I mean, the idea with yes. MMO is you log in on any device and you're playing with each other, and Xbox wasn't really having that, but now they're going to open up and, and let them do that. Because wasn't the deal something that, that they wanted, Xbox wanted to charge extra or something? They wanted to they wanted to make you buy Xbox Live to, to play Final Fantasy XIV or something like that? Like, they wanted to, you to pay them more than you would just buying it and playing on PC or something. Maybe yeah, they it, wanted you to have gold, like Xbox yeah, Live Gold to play it. It used to be to have any online service, you you had to have Xbox Live Gold because I used to watch Netflix on my Xbox. X, my Xbox Live subscription expired, and I actually couldn't even watch Netflix with my paid Or the account. WWE Network. Or the WWE Network. Now they have this, since this they have since fixed the Netflix deal, so you can watch it on your Xbox now okay. without a gold account. But I'm not sure about other apps, especially the WWE Network, which is only nine ninety nine. Uh, okay, well, this is where both me and John leave. Um, no, but uh, because I know I know what the deal with PlayStation is, because you have to have the PlayStation Network, but you don't have to have the you know whatever the subscription, whatever they call it, PlayStation, PlayStation Plus. Plus minus, yeah. Like what? Uh, no, yeah. <laughs> and if people want to play with us, we are on the Cactar server. You just created a character on the Cactar server, which is awesome. And I am looking forward to to play. Does John know your character's name yet, or is that going to be a pleasant surprise? 
I mean, you can so you can surprise them with it now if you want. I mean, you can spoil the well, yeah, because I need to I need to friend you now. The reveal. Uh, well, you might be able to find me as the character named Doctor of Thugonomics. It's a good name. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, that's what Cody thought. That is what I thought. That is exactly <laughs> what I thought. I thought to myself, what a good name. It was so much. Jo- John Cena, the one I wanted was taken, unfortunately. So if you see a character running around Cactuar that's named John Cena, it's not me. Oh, God. Of course that name would be taken. Oh, God. Why is that taken? I actually, I actually used to, uh, back in 2.1, I used to raid um, one of our tanks. I used to raid with a character named Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and it was, it was the best name ever. And he had this emote where he would lick everyone that was near him so you'd, you'd be standing around like in town or whatever and he'd hit the emote and he would just go down and it would be like arnold schwarzenegger licks you arnold schwarzenegger licks this person and this person and this person and he was he was notorious on the server and for some reason people hated that emote i can't imagine why so he was blacklisted by a good 50 to 60 percent of the server just because of that emote <laughs> And so there'd, there'd be there'd be things where like we'd get together and we wouldn't have a full party. So we'd be like, all right, well, let's let's find some other people to do some stuff. And we'd find some people and we, we'd get into the, the raid or whatever. And and we'd go over strategy and like the black mage wouldn't be wouldn't be answering. He wouldn't be, you know, responding with affirmative or even no, that's a bad idea. It just wouldn't be responding with anything. And then. Yeah, we were on, you know, some of us were on voice chat, so so Arnold would say something along the lines of, you know, I'm pretty sure this person has me blacklisted, and that's why they can't see what I'm saying. And then we'd we'd ask him, hey, are you have, do you have the our tank blacklisted? Oh yeah, I totally do. Didn't even realize it was the same guy. Here, let me take him off blacklist so I can see strategy in, in chat. And <laughs> yep, that's it's just the way it works. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the amazing. types of interactions that you you could get in this game. That's uh, that's really great, uh, John. Have you been doing a lot of group stuff? Have you I, met people? I've been basically doing only group stuff, but the way instances work are they're they're cross they're cross realm, so you get matched with people that aren't necessarily on your server. Uh, oh, okay. And so uh, it, it they're they're not exactly in my in my experience or opinion a way to kind of meet people. I, I am part of a free company, which is the 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 version of Guild in this game uh, for those that have played World of Warcraft. It's basically a group of player characters uh, that all are they they are in one large group together, and that affords you some benefits uh, as a player. So I don't know. I don't. I basically don't participate in that at all, though. Um, I generally haven't really. Uh, participated in any of the social aspects of this particular game yet i've been running kind of dungeon after dungeon though i'm finding them really fun in this game another thing this game does that we didn't talk about that uh, was introduced i think first in guild wars is that it sinks your level depending on what you're doing and so there's no content that is ever you ever level out of because if you ever get up too high of a level for content you can do what's called level syncing, and it basically syncs all syncs your level and all of your gear and all of your stats down to an appropriate level for the the content you're doing. And so it will still always be somewhat of a challenge to do. And it gets a little bit wonky when you hit the um, the level fifty mark because there's a lot of content that's sort of not vertical but horizontal, but it, but slightly. So, because once you hit level 50, they introduce the concept of item levels, not just character levels. So you're, because, you know, the, you, eventually you're going to hit a, a cap. You can't get to level 61. 
right? And but you're of course going to want to get more powerful. You're going to get better gear. So they introduced this concept called item level. So each each piece of gear has its own quote level associated with it. So once you hit level 50, which was the previous level cap, the gear starts going up in item level. So you can have like item level 125 or something like that gear, and it'll only sink it down to 120 instead of 50 or something like that. Hmm. So there, there is some measure of you can still outgear some of the content when you sink down, but not so much that it's trivial. It, it gives, there's, there's some fights that it's, it's trivial, but that's just more how the fight is designed. Because the fights are never designed with the idea that you're going to be, that you're going to be sinking, like that you're going to be overgearing them, I guess, is what my point is. Like, some of the fights mechanics, like they, there's, there's certain fights that have just one shot mechanics and it doesn't matter what your gear is, you're just going to die if you screw up the mechanic. But then there's other mechanics where it does damage and if you have good enough gear, even though you might be synced down, why would I avoid it when it, it's it's going to make it harder? Right. On, yeah, that makes sense. But, um, but yeah, but for the most part, the content is, you'll never really out-level the content. You'll still have to, because um, I guess what I was talking about is you can, once you get past level 50, you can go in with less than the required number of players because usually you have to, if you queue up for something, you have to go in either as, if it's a four-man, you have to go in with four people. If it's eight, you have to go in with eight. But once you get past a certain point, they let you go in with four, but it doesn't sync you. So you can be unsynced, and you can, you know, challenge it without the required number of players or the required um, meta for what classes you have to bring and stuff like that. So in that sense, you can just totally make the fight trivial if you're a high enough level. But mm. but usually that just they people just do that because there's a, like an item that drops at the end, and they get a couple people together, and they're just like, let's just let's just run this over and over and over again until we get the thing. That makes sense. Yeah, John John also mentioned, or maybe you mentioned that the the raids. I mean, I remember in college and hearing from John, World of Warcraft, you'd schedule a raid and. Hey, you want to go out for Saturday night? Oh no, we're going to spend. We're doing an eight-hour raid. Literally, no, it, was, it was three hours. Three hours. What is what's three hours? Our, my our raid times were three hours long. In World of Warcraft? Yes. In World of Warcraft, there were eight-hour raids, though. Well, I mean, over the course of a week, you spend a couple of nights doing a couple hours at a time. Yes. Yeah, so, so your your question is about like, is it the same as WoW, like raid wise? Oh no, I was. I've heard that. The raids in Final Fantasy fourteen don't get that intense, and they're usually like closer to an hour. Well, uh, so there's there's different levels of content, um, and it's not really made explicit to you. Um, no, that is so not much. clear at all. But um, and it gets really confusing once you get to level fifty, and they use a, a naming scheme for one thing because they weren't considering that they were going to increase the you know they knew they were going to increase the level cap, but they named stuff as if they weren't, and it just it gets weird. But basically. Um, there's a couple of different kinds of content in this game. There's um, four-man content, which is your basic like dungeons that you'll do, like story dungeons as you're leveling, um, that are are relatively simple and everybody has to do them and everybody does do them for the most part. Um, so you know that that's just the the I guess the the 
baseline content is the four-man stuff. And then there are slightly more difficult challenges, which increase the number of players to eight men. And those are generally the, instead of going through a dungeon and fighting a couple of bosses uh, intermixed with um, packs of, of trash enemies that you just kill, it's usually just a one-off fight against, like, I don't know, Remu or something like that. And those are the, the eight-man things. But those take five, ten minutes. Not, it's not that big of a deal. But there are harder versions of the eight-man fights, which are sort of like the mid-core content. Like the, they're called extreme fights, and that might make it seem like they're super hard, but that's actually the mid-core content. Um, and then what they call, they, they don't call those raids at all. They either call them dungeons or they call them um, like um, primal battles. Um, but the raids that they have are eight-men content, and they separate them into two categories normal story mode which quote everyone's supposed to be able to do which is not true but bad at the game um but uh then they have the the highest tier of content that you can do is called savage and that is probably analogous to the wow whatever mythic heroic whatever whatever the the top tier of of wow is um in the sense that you schedule raid times, you, you know, three, four, five hours a day, multiple times a week, if you are serious about clearing it in a quick manner. Like, um, like when these fights first come out, you'll have the, the top raid groups in the world take off one to two to three weeks of work, in a, you know, right in a row. What? And they save, they, they save, they save, literally, they save all their vacation... Or they are, they're in a situation where they can afford to take, you know, three, they're not working or they're at school or they save up all their vacation to take off a couple of weeks right when these fights come out so that they can raid 20 hours a day, seven days a week or something crazy like that. Um, and the fights are hard enough so it takes them two weeks to clear whatever tier it is, the, the couple of fights that are released. Wow. So it can get pretty crazy, but for the most part, it's pretty casual to mid-core difficulty and anything that's casual or mid-core you can just jump on in for the most part you don't have to have a specific time or do anything like that you can just find a group and go for it for however long yeah, you I'll want let you know when i get to that level and then i will just do those hardcore raids with you guys it'll be great and i'll play takamichi noku's entrance music in the background ah <sighs> That's something that happened. Yep, it sure is. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, um, anyway, we should probably wrap up uh, because I got to eat dinner. But this was super fun. And Brad, thanks for joining us. This is like, I, yeah, I, I wanted to get the different experience levels, John. It's like the MMO. I've done all the, look, I've played every MMO that's ever been made. I was EverQuest before you guys knew what WoW was. And I'm like, I don't even know what an MMO is. And you're just, you've played Final Fantasy 11 and 14, which I think is, is actually cool. So here we are. And I think we all recommend the game, and I will be playing much more of it. And if people want to play with us, they can join the Cactar server. And if they want to learn more about us, then they can do the stuff that John's going to say in the closing statement. Very, very nice. Very nice. 
Um, thank you for listening to the Game Life Balance US podcast, the American edition of the Game Life Balance podcast. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode, and leave us a review if you really want to make our day. You can find us on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageek.com or on the official podcast network of Chicago's WGN Radio at wgnplus.com. Learn more about Game Life Balance, including contact information and links to our sister show in Australia at gamelifebalance.us. And our friend Will used to call Chocobos Chewbaccos. He did call them Chewbaccos. That's actually the title of my, my movie that I forgot to plug. Oh, right. You Chewbacca didn't get to plug Life. your movie. Brad, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh, man. That movie. The movie's so good. That Chewbacca movie. <laughs>